Do it again. Of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world. You're listening to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling. The martini, shaken, not stirred. Don't try and church it up, son. You can't handle the truth. I am the picture that got small. Your first one's on us. Welcome to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling. I'm your host, Mark Rigadano. With me, as always, Richie Byrne. It's good to see you, buddy. Did it right. We got that fucking point down. Hey, how are you? I'm good, man. Did you notice I changed the background up a little? Yeah. Look at you. Is that, what is that? Is that Hendrix? What is that in the background? Yeah, I got a Hendrix poster. Then I got the uh, Eiffel Tower. uh, Right there. Eiffel Tower. But look who's right above them. The Morrison Hotel. Oh, so there's a little theme going on. I get it. Yeah, a little Jimmy's theme. buried in Paris. Yeah, I uh, I, I put these up because a I found them, and then b <laughs> b uh, we're doing a podcast out of my wife's closet. So I figure, why not dress it up a little? Right? There you go. <laughs> nice. Now listen, before we start, you had an interesting night. And I want you to tell me about it a little bit. And you performed last night. Yes, I did, a, I did a show, and I won't say who it was for because uh, that. You that mind that I brought it up? No, 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 that's fine. And uh, I, I was kind of weird about these oh. Zoom shows um, because I thought it was like, you know, just people needing attention. But there was money involved, so I said yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I did a show, and uh, it was really I, great. Unlike this show, there's money. <laughs> They have, uh, you know, on Zoom, a lot of people don't want to turn their cameras on because they haven't put on pants in a month. So right. you know, they keep their cameras off. So I just asked. Buddy, I, I got news for you. Neither have I. <laughs> I said to him, I said, look, I know you you want your camera off. You want your mic off. You just want to watch comedy. But do me a favor. And when I tell a joke, there's a little button on the side that has a thumbs up or a wave. If you enjoyed the joke, click that so I can visually see what you're enjoying so I can change my act to do more stuff that you're enjoying rather than going off on a tangent that you're not interested in. Mm -hmm. So if you like it, hit the button. And I'm telling you, it was like, you know, you ever see people do the silent disco thing where they wear headphones and they're in a big dance hall and they only play the music on the headphones. So right. if you walk in the hall, you don't hear a thing, but you see all the No, no. Right. <laughs> it was kind of like that. Like I was doing stand-up to complete silence, but I knew it was going okay. Wow. And so I you, felt comfortable. Did you pace yourself and all that? Were you thinking about? Yes. I, I had to do 45. And, wow. Um, it's a lot I, of time. It is. And I, I was really nervous. I was going to burn through it because, you know, like when you're bombing, you can do like an hour of material in 20 minutes. Up, yeah. <laughs> but now- it, it ended up really well. And then at the end, I sat down and I said, turn your cameras on. And if you have questions and not even with me, if you have questions because these other people are your neighbors, I, I'm cool with that. I get it. It's weird. It's weird for me. It's weird for you. But let's open it up. And when we did that, I just got compliments. It was just people saying thank you, and it really made me feel good. That's great, um, bro. You know, because it's I'm been glad it worked well. It was like it's been like a month since I did a show. So yeah, there was a lot yeah. of rust coming off these gears. No, I hear you. Yeah, it's gonna be five weeks for me. So Man. that's great. I'm glad it went well, and you have more to do. You got a few more gigs coming yeah, up. Yeah, I got some more coming up, and uh, you know, Richie, we got to get you, you, me, and you. Maybe we could do some. DJS live shows. Yeah, we can do that. Anybody has an idea they want to do it, reach out to us. We can make that work. Mark can go through. Yeah. Powers to be. Now, I understand we have something. I do. I I planned this for you, Richard. This is a a video you made. Yes. I made this. Accomplished (laughs) director. I've done good things. A lot of these clips and sketches you're going to see is when I was first learning how to do things. I like this, though. We go back and see Riccadonna before he was Riccadonna. <laughs> so like this. We, the we early have... days of McCartney and Lennon. <laughs> <laughs> when you see uh, when Vic was on, he advertised his coffee line. And mm-hmm. I wanted to tell you that Vic DiPetetto is not the only drinks, jokes, and storytelling person 
to have his own coffee line. We have a commercial from when I used to have my own coffee line. Okay. Uh, Joey, let's roll the roll the tape here. Hello, I am Raul Ricardo, former drug cartel. I used to think that Colombian marching powder was the best part of waking up, but now I find but one sip of my cafe would make you think you just had a chest hair sound. Las drogas, el café. El perro se está ahogando. God. (laughs) You know, as as a fat man, I have no shame. Just so you know, I'm always overwhelmed anywhere when I watch a movie. When that, like, people will go, "I'll go without my shirt." I'm always like, you know what I mean? And I do think, though, you are hairy. You have, and I do think hair helps. That's my theory on this, and I could be wrong. I have no hair. I have no hair. <laughs> you so look, look like, like a shaved possum. I look like Baby New Year when I when I think about oh, sharing stuff. You know, I look like Buddha. So, um, maybe like I gotta look at that. I'll go, look at, but then I go, it doesn't look that bad. But if it were me, it would look awful. Every, you know, you remember when we did the boom, I wouldn't take my shirt off. Do you remember? Yeah. Well, you know what it is, though? When it's you, all you're doing is looking, going, look at that big fat belly. Oh, my God. I'm so disgusted. But when it's another person watching, they're laughing. It's like Chris Maybe. Farley. I don't know. I'm, I you Chris credit. Farley, when he'd fall over and break a table and shit. You yeah. know he was self-conscious going, oh, man, that's another. Uh, people are going to see how fat I am when this happens. But when we're watching it, it's just funny. And now, I have when, no shame. I don't care. How long people, did you make that? That was probably about seven years ago. I was on, um, I was doing a vacation. Game. You've been out of shape a long time. Oh yeah. Uh, 1999, <laughs> I graduated high school. I had a torn rotator cuff and a ripped AC joint. Never lifted a weight again. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's a funny bit. I like the commercial. <laughs> I did. Um, but uh, a cocaine cartel is making coffee to help wake you up. Um, I mean, we had you as Pablo Escobar the other day, and I mean, it's, it's a running theme here, Mark. And I'm I'm the only fat guy on cocaine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which actually, obviously, I don't, or else I might lose some weight. Um, now, when you made that, was that just you, or did you have other people involved with that? So I was um, doing a gig in the Outer Banks, and I had my buddy with me, and we just decided to give it a shot and see if we could make it look like an old vintage coffee commercial. Well, I think you did a good job with that. Thank you. Yeah, it was it was completely made up on the spot. Like, and it was there, one camera? Yeah, it was a cell phone. Oh, it well, I was going to say, phone. see, now you can do that shit on your cell phone. But back then, but I, you did. You had a cell phone. We were trying to learn how to use our cell phone and edit video together. And, uh, and it, there was no script. We were like, it'll just be funny if I'm in a towel, no shirt, <laughs> drinking coffee, pretending I was. <laughs> I'm telling I, you. I had a full beard and I shaved it all off just to do that thing. Oh, and really? then I realized, oh, crap, we got a show tonight. And I'm supposed to, uh, I have a show that night and I have a bunch of bits about having a beard because this was before everybody had a beard. So right. I had a bunch of jokes about having a beard and I realized I just shaved off 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I better write some fat jokes. Quick. <laughs> All right. So, enough of that. It's time for our guest, man. So we're going to bring out um, a very special guest. We got a uh, an amazing guest today. We've been you and I to... both have a long history with him, but you have you have an immense history with him. Buddy. We've been trying to get this guy on forever, but he's forever. a hard man to get a hold of because he's constantly working, constantly forever. doing stuff. Let's bring him out, ladies and gentlemen. From that metal show, Beer Money, Don Jameson. Oh Hi. yeah, there he hey. is. What's How up, doing? How are I you? Just, my first question is: Who books the Zoom gigs? <laughs> I'll talk to you after, buddy. <laughs> That's all I care about. You know that, Richie. Come on. I know. Every kind of, you know the old thing. How stupid of me to bring it up on air. 
So now every time I just I, go, I gotta get in touch with Rick and Donna. I gotta my, my cell phone is gonna be blowing up to blowing every comedian up. that watches this. All 12 comics that watch this are gonna want in. <laughs> we, all have our, we all have our own version of, of the same joke about, about being a comedian, which is hey, where did you work this weekend? Oh man, I worked, I did this like sports bar out in the middle of Altoona, Pennsylvania. I drove six hours out there. There was no microphone. I stood on a case of beer for the stage. I didn't get paid. Some guy broke a bottle over my head. And then the, the comic they're telling to will go, do you know who books that? <laughs> Is that a Friday and a Saturday? Is the <laughs> hotel they? included? or <laughs> do, you, do you get to bring your own opener? Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll take we'll take anything, you know. So. Yeah, I think Jameson I'm, just jumped into our joke of the day right there. <laughs> I know. So we start every show uh, with a drink. Um, so uh, let's start out with uh, what are you drinking, buddy? I got a, you know, man, I'm I'm burnt out on beer, so I uh, I got this really good Bloody Mary mix. So I'm having one right. of those. Nice, yeah, Mark. I am having. A real Hawaiian. Uh, this go. is for you, Don. This is what we drank when we were in Spain. I had right. a romantic, romantic two weeks with Don in Spain and Portugal. Um, in fact, um, real quick, uh, Joey, let's pop up. Uh, let's Can we pop up some of those USO photos? There we are in Portugal. Oh, look at you. Yeah. Oh, Boarding wow. a. That's uh, where you're allowed to get haircuts. Ah, <laughs> uh, there we are in Spain having a little cafe. Oh wow! During a siesta. It took us forever to find a. Is that that's, um, that's Downey Craig, and Craig Gas? Downey and Craig Gas, and then we also have on the Monsters of Rock cruise with Don Jameson and Craig Gas. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow Craig still had a microphone with him. <laughs> All right, I. I'm going to do my drink because it's in honor of Don. I drink this a lot, and I haven't drank it in a couple of days on the show, but I went back to it. It's uh, a Johnny Walker, and yeah. it, I am back in black, dedicated to ACDC. Nice. Yeah. All right. Very nice. It. So, Don, you're doing a show right uh, now. Are you guys able to record remotely? Yeah, I mean, it's, it kind of, you know, looks like this, you know, which a lot of shows do. Thank God we have this technology. But, yeah, I'm doing that Jameson show. We which have a photo of that. Let's pop that up while Don talks. A, a takeoff of um, – so that's, yeah, that's uh, me and Dustin Chafin, um, who's, who sat in with me that day in front of uh, – it's in a green screen studio. And then they, they key in my set behind it, which is really cool. Yeah, and then beautiful. I've been doing it from home. They kind of – where I'm sitting now, they key this in to the set, and then they obviously same thing with the guests. Um, they put them up as well, and you know, look, it, it's better than nothing. And um, you know, so Miles far so good. With the oh, wait, was, was Dustin there with you, or it, that was that's that was in thing. studio? Oh, okay, I got you. I got you. Oh, that's yeah, that cool. was in studio. And um, so yeah, that's on CompoundMedia.com, and you know, in all fairness, it is a pay service. There are some freebies up on YouTube, but, um, you know, that's Anthony Cumia's channel. Anthony, mm -hmm. of course, being Anthony, and mm -hmm. I've been um, coming up on my 50th show on there. So, wow. cheers. That's great, man. Cheers, cheers. Man. congrats. That's great. So, Don, um, you're kind of living the dream. You, If you would have got Mark Rigadonna in junior high school and said, what are your favorite things and what do you want to do when you grow up, I'd go, Sports, heavy metal, and prank calling people. <laughs> and then I met Don Jameson, and he does all three for a living. So you, I, I made I virtually hundreds of dollars doing it. <laughs> well, you could be me and make virtually couples of dollars. So, <laughs> how did you? How did you know? Uh, like, just do what you love, and the money will follow. Like, I, I would have. I would have been scared to death. Yeah, I, I didn't. That's, you know, it's, you know, ignorance was truly bliss. <laughs> I just had, you know, I had such a respect for for comedians. Um, and, of course, musicians. You know, I was one in high school. 
Um, but my first two records were Kiss Destroyer and George Carlin Occupation Fool. And I loved both of them equally, right? Because they were both yeah. subversive. My parents hated both of them. So I knew I was onto something with that. Yeah. But as far as making a career choice, it was yeah. just like, it was seeing guys like a guy like Richie, man, who was, you know, out there already killing it when I jumped on the scene. And and a lot of the, the old school Jersey guys and, and and going down to Rascals to do the open mic and look and looking through that little window into the big room and going, oh my God, one day I'll play in there, you know? <laughs> and, and from, from our side of the of the window, it looked like the stage was 500 feet tall and like everybody looked larger than life. And all you could think about is someday I'll get on that, that big stage. And then you finally work there and you're like, no, it's just a regular stage. Yeah. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't yeah, yeah. a big deal, but it was a big deal to to get there. So when I finally transitioned from open micer to the regular stage and people started giving me a couple bucks, it was like, all right, maybe I'm onto something here. And if not, you know, I was working in the television business. You know, I was working behind the scenes at MTV. I was like, I could always go back. And yeah. so here we are 20 but, plus years later. So you had a background in that, in technology. You you went to MTV you because you love music, obviously. And so you got yourself involved in that before you were doing comedy. Well, I I actually started working there because now when I started there in 1989, MTV was still new and super cool, right? But the other the other element for me was I had hair down to my waist mm -hmm. while I was in college. Yeah, where, so, I job. <laughs> yeah, where I was going to be looking for a job was going to be a very limited uh, kind of comedy and, and music. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't own a suit, and which, and I'm proud to say, I still do not own a suit. I don't own a tie. I couldn't tie one if if my life depended on it. And I was like, yeah, this is a good way to make a living. Do you know, dress like I want to dress. You know, I don't have to. You know, really answer to, you know, that the stereotypical shitty boss. And and you know, um, I at least I get to do something creative. So. You know, for me, working behind the scenes was tons of fun. I was, you know, writing and producing and using, you know, my brain in the way it needs to be used. But the performing was what I was missing, which I didn't realize until I did it. Mm -hmm. And so uh, something that I find interesting is is you, you've had other things happen. But to me, the, the highlight of uh, you as a career is when that metal show came out. Because you got your number one love of life is music and comedy. So you have both of them together. And then you got two of your best friends and said, we're doing a show. I, I yeah. Mean, how exactly. does, how does they put me on TV? <laughs> we, have a, we have a quick clip just for anybody who doesn't know that metal show. We'll play a, a little promo thing that I found. Uh Since its debut in 2009, that metal show has become the home of all things rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. This is great. It's yeah. like hanging with the buddies. I watch yeah. it every night. Right. Classic metal. This show is great. That metal show! A 60-minute talk show where rock royalty discuss and debate music, culture, and current events. We've got the rights to the show going forward, and we are ready to roll. And motherfuckers miss us. Does Megadeth belong in the Hall of Fame? I don't know that Megadeth does, but I sure the f*** do. Don't be scared by the words rock or metal because we are definitely not a niche audience. I love that story that you tell about meeting Elvis. He says, hey, man, see the cat with a snake, huh? <laughs> I love it. I love it. You're the cat with the snake. I love that. <laughs> I got to... Go ahead. You know what happens is, is you guys know, we've all been down the, the long, lonely comedy road. You know, I probably did uh, a dozen, 10 or 12 pilot TV pilots before that metal show. And man, I, you know, and I lived in Manhattan. So thank God, you know, I had a good agent at the time. And those pilots paid my rent. They kept me alive while I was still trying to sort of carve out a living on the road still trying to make my way to the clubs in the city. Um, but, you know, after you do like 10 pilots that don't get picked up, you start to kind of like 
mm-hmm. really have doubts. You're sort of like, well, I, I'm, at least I'm getting paid for these things, but I'm, it's almost like the industry is telling me they're paying me to stay off of television at this point. <laughs> well, and I, I, that's a great story, and I think that it's important. People who aren't in the business don't understand that that it the i the getting a show to go is such a long process, and you know I mean people don't understand like so many pilots getting a pilot is a cool thing. Like, oh my god! Speaking of pilot. pilots, here's yeah. an unpaid here's yeah. an unpaid photo. Yeah. <laughs> That was uh, I got the direct Don Provenza and Rick Overton in one thing, and that didn't get picked up. I can't believe it. I'm like, <laughs> but I you have... the point and, and radio gods, Mark Mark Show radio gods. Just the idea of getting a pilot, you go, oh my god, he got a pilot, and and then if it gets on the air, it's so it's so long, it's such a hard road to get there. And like I laugh when like civilians go. You should do a show. You should be on, you know, and like you have no idea the work and the time that goes into getting just getting there. It, it's it's and, and God bless you guys for getting that metal show on the air and doing all that. It was just it's phenomenal, man. It really is. Well, in re- thanks, man. In retrospect, it was the thing that was meant to happen, but you don't know that while you're, you know, doing one after the other after the other and and "Quote unquote," failing at it because you, you know, again, I'm making money, but I'm, but nothing's. There's no forward momentum other than I'm just moving on to the next one. So, in retrospect, that metal show was the perfect storm. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, even just to get to that point, now that metal show is off the air, and so now people just think, okay, you're on. You'll be right on TV again to do that. I'm like, no, I got to yeah. do 12 more pilots again. You don't yeah. understand. How I got to get to yeah. the back of the line and start over. Yeah. <laughs> I got to tell you a story. You had Alice Cooper. I got to tell you a story, Mark, about um, Don. A couple of years ago, I was working at Uncle Vinny's in Point Pleasant, and um, I was headlining, and Don came in to do a guest spot. And we were talking, and I told you, I said, you're pretty much living the life I want to lead, you know, because I, I love metal and I love, I love uh, all music. And you were like, dude, you don't know how cool it is. You were, and you were, I don't want to, and you kept saying to me, I don't want to sound like a geek, but, and you were telling me stories about different rock stars and that, and, and you were like, you know, I don't mean to sound like a geek and you, and, and I realized I'm not impressed by comics. Someone asked me who I've met that I've been impressed by. It's always a rock star for me. Or if I meet a rock star, it's never, you know, like, and you, you told this story about Alice Cooper saw you somewhere. And he said, hey, Don. And you were like, I thought it was so cool that Alice Cooper knew who I was. And then he said to you, I remember this like it was yesterday. He said to you, hey, man, I was thinking about you the other day. And you were like, it was so cool to think that Alice Cooper was thinking about me. And I'll even tell you who it was. His daughter wanted to get into an improv group, and he thought he should call you about it. And you go to me. You know, I know I sound like a real geek right now. I go, no, I don't think that at all, dude. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I was like totally on board with it. Like if Alice Cooper ever thought about me, I'd lose my goddamn mind, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. That, God bless and, and, and there's so many guys in, in the hard rock and metal world that are like that. I mean, Alice is, he's, you know, he's the king of that. He oh. is the consummate gentleman he'll always pick up a conversation where you left off even if you don't see him for two years you know you'll see him again i'll go oh how's your sister doing i remember last time we were talking she says having some problem i'll go oh no she's good Coop. you know so that yeah that 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 one day backstage at one of his shows blew my mind out because yeah like why would alice cooper be thinking about me right, in any way right. they perform it was amazing the fact that you get to call him Coop. It's the cool. Like I, I wouldn't know whether to address him as Mr. Cooper or Miss Cooper. I wouldn't know. <laughs> and I, I think that guy's I was been around. The other night, because uh, NBC reran Jesus Christ Superstar from yeah. two years ago, and he played Herod in Jesus Christ Superstar. And I, I just, I, I was thinking, I was like, oh man, there's Alice Cooper. And I thought of that story. I think, yeah. I think Jesus actually opened for Alice Cooper once. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, no <laughs> lie, Jim Morton, the doors used to open for Alice Cooper. Yeah. Like, if you ever want to go in a rabbit hole, just Google famous people who went to see Alice Cooper. And you oh, wow. can find the like the the um Edith Bunker. She's dressed in leather. Yeah. <laughs> hanging yeah. out with, with Chief uh, Stapleton? Yeah. Well, you know, you know, you know what else I love about Alice Cooper is he was best friends with Groucho Marx. Like he was one Yeah, you know, he used to, like Groucho um, Marx and Milton Burrow used to go to his concerts. I'm like <laughs> Gabe Kaplan. Awesome Gabe Kaplan told me that when he went to say goodbye to Groucho. He went to his deathbed. He went to his house to say goodbye to Groucho. And he said, as I was walking to the door, Alice Cooper was coming out and he was crying. Oh, man. <laughs> That's such a great story, man. <laughs> you went from hey. Alice Cooper to, to Mr. Cotter in your deathbed. How <laughs> yeah, and he, and he was friends with Salvador Dali. And yeah. yeah. So Alice has just had this crazy crazy history and he's still putting out good music so yeah, um, yeah he is he's yeah. He, he's an amazing guy man he's 70 almost 75 and he's still I, better than ever. i like the vampires man i like them a lot what who yeah. is who have you met that you went it, and it could be sports too who have you met that you go oh shit because cooper would be one like who have you met where you go holy shit this is big I, you know i think um you know, it was weird. A lot of the the, show, the 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 interview. A lot of people talk about from that metal show is the one with Axl Rose. But but I kind of I kind of hung with Axl like previous to that because my my buddy Dizzy Reed is the keyboard player in their bands and oh, right, right. uh, Illusion. So I'd hung with Axl a bunch of times. But I will say, like you know, actually sitting down and doing a formal interview with him was kind of amazing because he hadn't done an interview at that point in probably 20 years. You know, he was just a total recluse at that point. Right. And, um, yeah, that, and, and of course also, you know, we, we waited till like five in the morning to do it. How'd you um, get him? How did that happen? Well, we went to the, we went to where they were playing in Miami and we thought the interview was supposed to be at five o'clock in the afternoon. So we were there at like three set up, waiting, ready to go. Um, but, you know, Axel at that time was, you know, he wasn't, you know, he didn't have a watch or something, I think. And uh, he was going on stage two, three hours, three, four days late sometime. <laughs> By the time they went on at midnight, they played, you know, and they play a three hour concert. By the time he took a shower and got done, it was like 5 a.m. And the only reason we cut the interview short with him is because we had to go to the airport and get our flights home. Wow. At like 8 in the morning. So. Wow. That was a pretty that was a pretty crazy one. Um, as far as sports, I think um, the two guys, or really the one guy that intimidated me was Tom Seaver because I'm a huge Mets fan. You okay. are a big Mets fan. Interesting. And I did uh, I hosted a show on SNY called Beer Money for a couple seasons. We have a and clip. We have Let's a clip. roll it. Oh, okay. <laughs> New York City, the sports capital of the world. We're on a quest to see how New Yorkers fare when they're quizzed on their favorite sports team. I'm Don Jameson. I'm Maylene Rainey. You think you know your New York sports? Well, we'll see about that. We've got three questions. Question one is worth 10 bucks. Get that one right and the cash is yours. You can keep the 10 or risk it and go on to question number two. That's worth $20 more. If you answer those two correctly, you can walk with $30 or risk it and face the third and final question worth $100 more. Get all three questions correct and that's 130 bucks. Get any question wrong and you walk away empty handed. There's plenty of other ways to make some cash. But you're going to have to earn it. It's Beer, Beer Money, presented by Buffalo Wild Wings. No. Wow. You guys have shit I don't have either. <laughs> we don't screw around, bro. We come prepared. We yeah. come prepared. We were so excited you were coming on. I was like going into this deep dive of Jameson stuff. <laughs> I I think it's amazing. Like I remember thinking, man, they they put out a lot of money every day and prizes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny, man. Um, and, and I'm going, you know, and, and I'm going through my life right now because I'm, you know, I'm just basically going through old boxes and stuff like that and finding, I just found all my old cassettes and everything. And, 
And I did find some some episodes of Beer Money, but um, that was a really fun job because it's like being the Alex Trebek of sports, right? Yeah, yeah. I can be I'm the know it all because I got the answers right on the cards. Right. I remember I remember I was doing that metal show, and I used to watch Beer Money because they had some other hosts previous to me. And I was like, man, that would be a really good side job for me because that's the other part of my puzzle. You got the comedy, you got the heavy music, and then sports is the yeah. other big aspect of my life. And I was thinking, man, that would if they ever needed a host for that, that'd be a good little side job while I'm doing that metal show. And sure enough, like two months later, I get an email from the producer of the show and he's like, Hey, we're we're looking for a new host. Would you be interested? And how so did they in know there. about how did they know you had a did they see you on that metal show? Did they know you had a background that you were a sports fan or how did that come about? Yeah, both. Yeah. Cause, cause I guess, you know, I guess sometimes on the show, like Eddie and I, Eddie Trunk and I talked about being big Mets fans and New York sports fans. You know, he's a Giants fan. I'm a Jets fan. So they, they kind of knew my background a little bit. Okay. And they really wanted to make it more of a entertainment show than a, a trivia show. Yeah. They wanted they wanted a comic. They go because I went in for the meeting, and they're like, "You can bust balls. You can make fun of the teams if you want. Whatever you want to do. We're just trying to make it more, you know, like less about really the questions less because one hundred thirty dollars. <laughs> right, Richie. You're right. It's like you know, it, it, it literally hey, is at beer. Yankee Stadium. That's two beers. So yeah, <laughs> yeah one hundred thirty bucks <laughs> for the three of us would would not last very long. No, no. Except but, right now it would. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> the, Tom to spend Siever, it. <laughs> the Tom Seaver story w relates to the beer money because in lieu of uh, paying me anything near what I probably, you know, would have been like to have been paid mm -hmm. to host the show, um, the perks were that I got um, four tickets to four games a year, and then I got the suite for two games a year. That was really cool. Wow. The first time I had the suite, I brought a bunch. I brought Eddie Trunk. I brought my friend Brian Slagle from Metal Blade, my record mm -hmm. label. And we're hanging out in the suite. And, they, you know, there's a bar in the suite and everything. So you can have beer, wine, mixed drinks, whatever. And we're hanging, talking. And I'm facing the field out of the suite. And Eddie's facing me. And we're just having this conversation. And I just see his eyes just get wide as saucers. And I go, what's the matter? He goes, Tom Seaver just walked into the suite. I'm like, what? He goes, Tom Seaver just walked into the suite. I'm like, Tom Seaver? He goes, yeah, she's right behind you. I turn around, and Tom Seaver is standing behind me, probably one of my biggest sports heroes of all time, old pitcher for the Mets, as you guys know. And um, I turn around, and I'm like, hi, Mr. Seaver. My name's Don Jameson. I host Beer Money. And he goes, yeah, that's great, kid. And he points, my friend Brian was drinking a glass of red wine like Mark is. And he goes, is that your wine? And, and Brian goes, yeah. And he picks up the glass and he goes, he slugs the wine down. He goes, yeah, that's pretty good, but not as good as mine. And he starts walking out of the suite. And I'm like, oh, my God. He's drinking some random guy's wine. And Tom <laughs> makes wine. Yeah, but now we, we got to get a photo with him. So I'm like, uh, hold on, Mr. Seaver, Mr. Seaver, could could we get a photo with you before you go? And he turns around like this, and he goes, absolutely not. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I was like Spicoli in Fast Times. I'm like, you dick. <laughs> but then he just started cracking he starts cracking up and he goes, but for you guys that make an exception. Oh, Come on. Oh. I was about to say that just made Alan Thick Jason Seaver my favorite Seaver if, if he didn't. <laughs> I was going to say, if I were your friend, I'd be like, I got herpes, motherfucker. I got herpes. <laughs> and, uh, um, that's a great story, man. Wow, Seaver. The, Don, here's what's funny. is So I've been friends with you for a long time. You were on that metal show. I was hanging out with you for a little while. And then somebody said to me, I mentioned your name. Like, oh, maybe we get Don Jameson to come do this gig with us. And they're like, you mean the guy from Beer Money? And I go, I don't know what that is. And they're like, that show, Beer Money, he's the host of it. I go, no, he's the host of that metal show. And like, I went back and forth. And then I was like... 
this guy's a moron I'm talking to. Then I went home and went online and looked it up. I'm like, he has another show on television? He never mentioned it once. Most of the time, if a comic, you know, gets a piece of gum, they tell everybody. You know, you're doing all this great stuff, and you're, you, you, you still, your feet are on the ground. You're like a normal dude. You, you love doing stand-up. You love right. just talking yeah. about stand-up. You're like a regular guy, which is not normal in this business. What um, Thanks, man. How did that metal show come about? Um, yeah, it, you know, I, I think doing that metal show did keep me, you know, gr- grounded in, in a lot of ways because I did do it with two of my best friends in the world. And, and, and I didn't have to pretend to be anything on that show. You know, I just had to be me, which is a big, a lifelong fan of this music. And, um, you know, Ed, Eddie Trunk had been hosting over at VH1 Classic for a while. And he's like, look, they're looking for original programming. Let's, you know, I have an idea for a show. Let's kick around some ideas together. And me, him, and Jim just started. We put the, here's what we you did. Guys, you guys were always on his his late night show. Uh, yeah, we were doing it. We were guesting on the radio show. Right, 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 right. And um, and Jim Brewer was supposed to be involved originally as well, but but for whatever reason he wasn't. And then um, and then and then we went into a meeting with VH1 Classic, and we handed them all the ideas on on a piece of paper. And you know I'm you know me you know because I'm a comic I'm I think the worst, so I'm like you know we'll never hear from him again. <laughs> Two weeks later they call and they go. Um, Hey, why don't you come back in for another meeting? We we looked over the ideas, but we kind of we we changed it up a lot. And but we want to come back and see what you think of our ideas. We came back in, and all they did was take our ideas and put them on VH1 letterhead and and give them back to us. So they became their ideas instantly. We made we made it professional looking. <laughs> you guys were writing on a McDonald's napkin. That's hysterical. Yeah, and we're like, we're like, we're like, we're like, yeah, all right, yeah, your ideas do look pretty good. Okay, yeah, they look kind of similar, but yeah, all right, let's do this. And then we went and did the pilot, and then I'll tie this into Radio Gods because um, I never, you know, I never, other than having some fu money, I never had the desire to be an actor to do a sitcom which is rare as a comic, right? Because a lot of times you think, you know, that's, that's what you what... want to work for or work to. And wow. I never like that. But then I get, I get to do, do one with some amazing people and I go, wow, this would be such an ideal situation. But, um, you know, we did the pilot for that metal show and it was awful. I mean, I, I literally like teared up when I watched it, how bad it was. And I called Florentine and I'm like, dude, I go, I've done 12 freaking pilots at this point in my career. This is the worst of all of them. And wow. this and then the other ones got picked up. What the f- do I have to do to get, you know, get a fucking break in this business? And he goes, I watched it too. It's horrible. <laughs> we'll be picked up, guaranteed. Is that what he said? Yeah. <laughs> I go, what are you talking about? He goes, he goes, what shows are popular on TV now? And at the time, I go, oh, it's this, whatever. And he goes, what do you think of those shows? I go, they're horrible. He goes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> A week later, that middle show got picked up, and we did 14 seasons. That's hysterical. <laughs> and now I know why Radio Gods hasn't gotten picked up, because it was freaking it was awesome. Fucking funny. <laughs> right, it was good. No. Dude, you were so much fun when we had you in that day. I was so excited because, like, dude, Overton and Provenza, who are the stars of the show, were so excited that they had a shoot day with you. They knew you were involved in the pilot, but when they knew they had a shoot day that you were doing scenes together, they got so excited. My only regret in that whole process was I wanted you and Fugel sang in the same day. But the schedules couldn't work out, so we had to break up the scenes and make two different scenes instead of just one. But that's my only regret in that is to have a scene where it's you, Fugel, saying fighting with Overton and Provenza. And, <laughs> and the, the other thing is, is you and Fugel saying look a lot alike. 
you know, you guys do look a lot alike that I was so afraid people were going to watch it and go, isn't that the same guy? Just like <laughs> more metaled out. And that one's more like wearing the baggy <laughs> clothes. You guys were so goddamn funny in that pilot. I just, I, that was a highlight of my life. I, it was, I just could not get over how much fun that was. Yeah, I agree, man. I, I that, that And that really, it kind of restored my faith in like, yeah, you know, this this could be a good situation if, if you find the right people to do it with. And I, I think, you know, a lot of what keeps definitely, and I know you guys for years and years, I think the three of us humbled is, you know, A, this business always has a way of knocking you down a few pegs, just, yeah. you know, just naturally. But B, you know, I go into a situation like that and and I, I see that I'm working with guys who are seasoned actors like Mark, like, you know, Rick Overton, who, who's the Drake on Seinfeld. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've known Rick for years and he's a friend, but I still admire him as a as a fan and a fellow comic. And of course, Paul Provenza, you know, who's just a legend in the business. And to to be in the moment with those guys and for them to be so open and giving and and everything in the scenes and oh hey if you want to improv with us we could do that and like let's but let's let's work together and make this killer you know, yeah. like how we have to do it it doesn't matter who's got more credits or who did what it was like let's make this as funny as it could possibly be and then we can all just like have a great time making a living together well yeah. that right and that's that's the point that's when you know a guy's got to me, that's a big part of talent is it doesn't matter who's famous, who's this. Let's do a good job. Let's make yeah. this work. The product and, needs know. to be good. I, I got to be honest. I, I played one of the parts in it, but that was just to save money. Um, yeah, I but you were really so, good. You were good in that. I was so happy. I that, thought you were really good. I just wanted to watch you guys work. It was so The only one that sucked fun. was Vinny Nardiello. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god we have to have him on i we got to tell the story about his scene because it was hysterical but don had two of the funniest scenes in the yeah. pilot and the one where you can't get their names right and you're 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 just antagonizing them to play the worst like games and stuff you want to play wheel of karaoke and all this stuff <laughs> and it was you played the exact opposite of you. You were using words like cray cray. And <laughs> I I just enjoyed every second of watching you play this completely different person than yourself. And I, I just it, it was so much fun. But you you do almost everything you do is stuff that you just want to do. I, I'm thinking back. I've never seen you do stuff that you're like, I don't really want to do this. You know, like one of the, uh, you do a, you have, how many albums do you have out? Solo yeah, stand up. Sorry, I got uh, four stand up CDs, including uh, the new one, Denim and Laughter. <laughs> we have, uh, we actually do have clips from that. Two um, guys. We don't fuck around. <laughs> and let's also let's put links up. Uh, we'll put links in the uh, the chat thing of where people can go and buy his album because right now comedians are not working. So every time you buy one of Don's albums, he could get four or five cents. And right. uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's see a clip. Yeah, we'll play a clip from here. I think we'll start with serial killers. Um, I went out with this girl and she's like, I just wanted to let you know I Googled you before the date. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. I got nothing to hide. Plus, I pay a company to wipe all that shit off the internet anyway. <laughs> she's like, well, you probably Googled me to make sure that I wasn't a serial killer. I'm like, I've been dating for 35 years. Most of the fun I'm getting out of tonight is the fact that I might be on a date with a serial killer. <laughs> She had crazy eyes. I'm like, I'm either going to have the best time of my life or I'm going to be on forensic files next week. <laughs> Where'd you shoot that? So this, this album, <clears throat> I shot it at a speakeasy in Los Angeles. Wow. An, an actual really? literal illegal club that a friend of mine owns. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, that's 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 the next place. That's where I'm doing the next album. 
And you can kind of see it has that vibe of a speakeasy. (laughs) You love having CD vibes on your albums. Yeah, yeah. All my albums have a, a, a very specific vibe because, and no, no offense to any other comics because most of them are way funnier than me but I, I always what i always notice is you know look we're not none of us are going to put out an album where we're not killing or doing doing well right mm-hmm. that's good. so i you know but sometimes i'll watch a special or or hear a comedy album and it's like it could have been in, recorded in kansas city it could have been recorded in canada it could have been recorded in dallas I like to put the vibe of where I am into the album. Like, you know, we all play Uncle Vinny's comedy club in, down at the Jersey Shore. When mm-hmm. I did my al- my other album, one of my albums there, I wanted that vibe of that room on the album. I wanted the B- BYOB comedy club at the Jersey Shore <laughs> vibe. I wanted you to hear people, you know, walking on sand on the floor. You know, I wanted you to hear somebody knocking a wine bottle off the table in the somebody middle of my chew, somebody chewing the fried calamad. Right, exactly. And and so that was the same with this album where I was like, you know what, we're in this crazy day and age where everybody's so triggered by everything and all this stuff. I'm gonna go back to the old days and I'm gonna do it in the speakeasy and I'm gonna invite the people who like what I do. And we did a Facebook event page. And if you wanted to come, you had to RSVP. And we said, we'll email you the location on the morning of. So, you know, we don't get shut down before we can film the album. And, um, you know, went out there and did it. And, um, it, man, it, it went it went great. I had such a good time. And, and you know, comedy's dangerous as it is. But it's even more dangerous when, when you have the, you know, the fear of, you know, LAPD breaking down the door and arresting everybody in the joint. That's great. Wow. How many cameras was it? Do you remember? I think we did three cam. Yeah, I would, it looked like three. That's good. Let's play one more clip from there. Let's play one more clip from that. I don't know that much about weed. The only thing I know about weed is there's three specific types, right? Indica, sativa, and hybrid. Which all sound like makes of cars that I can't afford to drive. <laughs> and I was going to drive the Chevy Sativa, but it was like five seventy a month. <laughs> but it runs on bong water. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, well, like, what's the worst thing that's going to happen if you get high, right? Worst thing that ever happened when I got high, almost ordered Cheez-Its in bulk off of Amazon.com. <laughs> Through my Alexa, of course, right? <laughs> Luckily, I was so high, I was talking to a Yankee candle the entire time. <laughs> Save like 350 bucks. <laughs> Dude, speaking of getting high in Yankee candles, why don't you tell us the story about getting high with the Yankee Rose? Oh, yeah, that's another good story, yeah. Seriously, um, I can't wait to. I don't know this story, so I can't wait to hear it. I, I didn't tell you this one, Richie. Um, so we used I, to do I'm, shows. I'm a pot smoker. Um, uh, the last time I, I really smoked pot to any extent of highness was in 1996, and my David Lee Roth was. You know, he already done his kind of two big solo albums, and he was kind of still making his way through the 90s. Mm-hmm. And he was doing the Carson Daly show at NBC at the time uh, at Rockefeller Plaza. And, and one of my buddies was his assistant. So when Dave came to town, if he played Atlantic City or wherever, you know, my friend Matt would call me and go, hey, me and Dave are coming in. And, you know, why don't you come hang out? So I had hung with Dave a few times. And so they came in to do the Carson Daly show and I go over to NBC. I go up in the elevator. I get into the hallway and the whole hallway reeks of weed <laughs> just, just up and down the hallway. And Snoop um, dog would have been like, damn. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Snoop dog would have got a contact high that he couldn't. Have. <laughs> so I go, uh, I go, well, I guess Dave's relaxing right now. And he goes, yeah, yeah. But he wants to say hi to you. So come on down. So I go down and he's smoking a joint. He's like, you want to hit? And I'm like, you're David Lee Roth. Of course I want to hit. <laughs> wow. So, so he and I are sharing a joint. And, you know, my, obviously his tolerance was way better than mine was. 
because I literally almost had to get carried to my seat. When was I, this? What year was this? 96. That's the last time I smoked pot, Richie. And then we were supposed to go to we were supposed to go to stand up New York together that night. And I was like, yeah, you know, I work up there. Maybe they'll let me jump on. I'll do a set. We'll hang out. We'll watch comics. I always have a good lineup at stand up New York. We walked out of NBC and I was so effed up. I was <laughs> I knew I couldn't do it. I, I mean, I could literally couldn't even just go and sit and watch comics. That's how high I was. <laughs> And I lived downtown at the time. I go, oh, I forgot my wallet at my apartment. I go, I'll meet you guys at Stand Up New York. And I got in the cab and I went home and I just. You Are know, you kidding? I you never made it out that night. I missed the whole night. <laughs> you just David Lee Roth. <laughs> we had an ongoing joke because Don and Craig and a couple other guys used to put together these after shows where they would come up to the club and do shows for bands when they would finish. And the David Lee Roth band was coming up, and uh, you were on the show. It was like David Tell, Craig Gass, Kevin Downey Jr. It was a really amazing lineup, and we had to reopen the club to get it ready. And I think there were some other bands coming in, and everybody kept joking that uh, they hoped Don didn't hang out with David because he'd never show up to headline his own <laughs> show. <laughs> now, you guys you guys do the um, do the cruise every year. Yeah, the yeah, Monsters cool. of Rock cruise. I got the. I was fortunate to do the first year. I haven't done yeah. it since, but I had one of the best times of my life on that cruise ship. Because Don, you wrote, my brother goes on the cruise. My brother's a drummer and yep. and, and, a, and a heavy metal motherfucker, <laughs> and 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 a Wall Street guy, which is so funny. Yeah. And um, he goes on every year, and, and I'm always like, go make sure you say hi to Don for me. But he's like, I and my brother's like, he's like, I don't want to do that, but he always does. Hey, Rich, and I know you've always been really nice to him and my sister-in-law, but they go on every year, and they love the whole thing. And I think that's really cool that you guys do that. You bring on tell the tell the people what you do. You 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 get a cruise ship, and you bring on bands, and you and Jim and Eddie come on the ship come on the ship. And you have like Mark was a guest, but tell tell the it's such a cool I think it's such a cool thing what you do. Yeah, thanks. No, and, and I love seeing your brother on there, but I'm I am truly like a whirling dervish on those cruises because I you know, besides the stuff they have me doing in terms of working, um, I just want to go and see bands and see guys, you know, my friends in bands that I haven't seen in maybe a couple of years or whatever. Um, you know, seeing friends on the cruise that are you know, just regular cruisers and, and hang with people I've gotten to know from the cruise. But, um, yeah, the, the, you know, this guy, Larry Morand put this together. I just, we just did the 10th one and, um, it's, it's, you know, you get on this boat and for the next five days, it's 50 of your favorite bands, you know, mostly from the eighties and it's super interactive. Like it's so cool. Yeah. You could be, you know, sitting, sitting down, having, you know, breakfast with, um, you know, the Tom singer Kiefer um, walks over. Yeah, Tom Kiefer. You could, and then you get at dinner, you're eating dinner next to Kip Winger, right. or you're swimming in the pool with the guy from Anthrax or whatever, you know. But it's more than that because they do little like shows. They do like my, I know, like, you know, you go watch George Lynch play. I think or, it's like you know, 20 you know shows I mean? a day. Something in the middle of the day, like that. where on other cruises, it's like, hey, we have bingo at three. You guys have a lynch mob at like, yeah. you know, like lynch mob's going to play. I just think that's amazing. It's so cool to me, man. And you yeah. guys get an audience. You have people who actually come and, and everything and, and then, on that thing is completely packed. They were doing a Q and a with a band. They, the band wasn't even going to play. They were just doing a Q and a, and I think you were hosting it. And, uh, it was like, you couldn't even stand on one of the balconies to watch the Q and a, cause it was just packed with people. I mean, every single person on that ship are diehard metalheads and love the music. So there were no, you know, if you looked at the ship from afar, like if the Disney ship was passing by and they looked over and saw a ship filled with people wearing jeans and leather jackets, they'd be like, <laughs> Oh, that's probably a nightmare. You know, there's more ink on that than a big pen 
uh, shipment. There, yeah. There's all these scary looking dudes walking around on the ship, you know, and they couldn't be a nicer group of people because they're all there to share the exact same experience. They're and, all and- there to love what what they're there to do so like i remember um most of the time don would walk me backstage and we would watch the bands from the side don had to do something but there was a band i wanted to see so i'd go and i'd be standing in the back and like these people would be crowded be like oh can you see hold on come up here like people were just so nice because they knew you're there for the same reason we all love these bands. So everybody was like friendly and nice. And it gives you a false sense of uh, security because you think, oh, yeah, yeah, biker bikers think I'm cool. And then you get on land and you run into a biker and they're like, get the fuck out of my way. <laughs> but it, I, I, it's just it's a great idea, Don. It really is. I used to do a lot of cruises as a comic yeah. And there was this one line I was on, and the uh, cruise director was a guitarist and had been in bands. And he got one of the Filipino bands to he, – he, like, made them learn classic rock. And they would do a classic rock night. And that was the biggest night on that ship every week. Everybody could and, – and it was more cla- – it wasn't as metal as you guys do. But it, people don't realize that it's a whole different genre now. Like, you can do that. You can get people in a room who are going, look, look at this music. Look at who we can bring in. And I just think it's cool. I think it's great that you guys do it. And I'm glad you got it in this year because you guys go out in February. So you must yeah. have got it in right before all the shit hit the fan. Yeah, I got it in under the wire. And, um, yeah, luckily. So, but, yeah, it was um, – you know, I'll never forget. And Mark's right. I mean, you know, it, it's um, it's a great family of people, you know, because people really do come for the music. Like most people go on the other cruises and the whole focus is on the buffet. The only reason you go to the buffet on the Monsters of Rock cruise is you're trying so to get gross. foundation so you can drink for the rest of the night. Right. <laughs> because there's five more bands you want to see and you know you only have enough in you for one more because you're too drunk. <laughs> and the first time I ever performed on the Monsters of Rock cruise before they like actually made a formal comedy show like down in, t- in one of the uh, venues down below. They had me perform on the pool deck, which is really the place, that's the big stage. That's where thousands of metalheads come out mm-hmm. and they just surround it from every level. And so you're up in front of, you know, 4,000 people and I'm up there, and I, I remember we were uh, docked in Nassau, Bahamas, uh, on one of the stops on the cruise. And I'm up on stage, and I'm filthy, Richie. I'm I'm just, you know, when you're in front of a rock crowd, you got to bring right. the big dogs with you. You know what I mean? So, and I'm just hitting them with every nasty joke, and they're going crazy. And but I see people like pointing over to the left, and I look over, and we are docked ten feet away from a giant pink ocean liner. With the word Disney Princess. <laughs> I don't want to brag, but I work that ship now. Yeah. I've never seen passengers pray to hit an iceberg like this one. <laughs> <laughs> the the great thing on that ship is I was getting on. There's a couple cool things, uh, stories that I'm remembering was uh, we're, we go to get on and I'm standing in line and I was with Craig Gass, but Craig knew somebody and like immediately went up. So I was just standing in line. It was the crew line. So like it's where all the artists and the crew people get on. It's not with the regular passengers. And I have right. a badge on that says artist. Uh, and there's a bunch of guys looking at me like, what band is this guy with? You know, I'm like 40 years younger than the youngest band member on the ship. And I'm wearing like a baby blue t-shirt with plaid shorts and white tennis shoes. (laughs) And Billy Sheehan looks over at me and goes, what, who you with? And I go, what do you mean? He goes, who you with? I, 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 I don't know what you mean. He goes, your badge says artist. What band are you with? I go, oh, no, no, I'm a sandwich artist. I'm from Subway, and I'm here to make sandwiches for all you guys. I hear you're very picky. 
And he just started laughing. He's like, you're fucked up. You're a riot. What what band are you with? I go, I'm a comedian. And uh, I didn't know you guys were coming in costume. Everybody's wearing black leather. Like, we're, we're in Miami in the summer. I'm like, it's hot as shit. I'm not wearing black. And the whole time on the cruise. Everybody wearing, on the cruise is in black, right? They're in black denim. I'm walking around in like plaid shorts and like golf shirts and shit i'm like i look like the dad who got on the wrong ship like oh <laughs> shit i don't think this is our boat this isn't our boat <laughs> that's what i always say i go the monsters of rock cruise is like any other cruise but instead of hawaiian shirts you know my ties and shuffleboard it's iron maiden t-shirts jaeger right. shots and public urination <laughs> so real That's quick good. Don too uh, also plug some of the your other albums because we're going to put them up in the, the chat oh, okay. room we'll put uh, links up so yeah, no, I, so yeah like I said this is the new one Denim and Laughter I've done four live stand up CDs and I'm on um, a heavy metal label called Metal Blade which has been around for 38 years yeah I'm honored to be a part of their family they have so many great bands and um, that's my fourth fourth CD with them. And then I got stuff with Jim Florentine, terrorizing telemarketers. And we and- have a clip. Let's go to the clip. Hello? Yeah, hello. Is this James? Yeah. Okay, what can I help you with? Just looking to get out of credit card debt. Probably about like 30000 Hello? Hi, yeah, this is Steve from the phone company. I'm working on the line outside your apartment. I should be done soon. Sorry for the intrusion. I've never heard that before. I know. Barging a call like that. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem like the guy's too educated. We want you enroll in this program because sure, we have fees. It's fifteen percent. James, I, you know, I know a place right here in, in Jersey that'll that has it for five percent. So I could, if you want, I could hook you up with them. Really? Yeah. What kind of crap is that? I yeah, I mean, you know, I heard the pitch, and you know, a friend of mine did that, and you know, they never fixed his credit report. So I, I would get the name of the company. What is the name of the company, sir? Just okay, it's credit. Yeah, that, that's the one. That's the one that scammed my friend. Oh. This guy's feeding me a bunch of garbage. Please stay out of our conversation. What you're doing is totally illegal, because the next time I talk to you, you're not going to like the way I can come across on the phone with you, all right? You know, I'm trying to fix the line, but I don't like what I'm hearing, so I think if you don't go with my guy, I'm, I'll just disconnect your line. You can't cut the line, because I could just call the phone company up and say... I am the phone company. Well, if somebody was working on, on my telephone line and he just did this, I would have been outside with a baseball bat, breaking his kneecaps and probably taking a ladder from underneath him. <laughs> I love that your character even had a Van Halen logo on his helmet. I was just going to say that. It was a Van Halen logo. And it was a David Lee Roth logo, not the Hagar one. That's funny. <laughs> even better, that's th- those are two grown men doing that. <laughs> well, I don't know if I would call you and and him Jim grown men, but <laughs> you guys, I'm telling you, you live the life that junior high school Mark Rigadonna wanted to live before he got beat down by society. <laughs> if you said Mark, you can make a living prank calling people, going to sports games, and li- hanging out yeah. with heavy metal artists, I would have went get the fuck out of here. And then I met Don and th- realized it's a real thing. You can do it. You, there's you <laughs> Follow can do your it. dreams, kids. I know there's a lot of children watching today. <laughs> Follow your dreams. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it for most people, but I will say, man, it's, you know, I, I've just met some of the greatest people doing this. And, and you know, hey, we might, we might be getting a little grayer, right? You know, Richie, well, not Mark, because apparently he died right before the podcast, but we might get a little, we might get a little grayer, but we're still 16 inside, and that's and that's right, what makes bro. doing this worth it. Whether we, you know, I don't need to be a multimillionaire. I don't need certain perks. I just need to enjoy what I'm doing, and, I, and that that's what makes doing this so much fun for me. You know, we get to collaborate with great people um, all the time if, if we want, if we put ourselves out there, and and then we make a couple bucks and and we get by, man, and that's right. what it's about. Dude, everything you've done is impressive to me. I, I got to tell you. I'm so – I really do. I, I'm just so impressed by what you've done. And at what you, you give so much as far as rock. And, and, and I just love it, man. And thank you so much. You've been a – you're a tremendous comedian. 
I respect the shit out of you. And and I love I love that metal show. I love all of it. So thank you so yeah. much for doing it. I'm a huge fan and I'm I'm so proud to say that I'm a friend. Uh, it's like one of my favorite things is when I run into people back home. We're so happy we got you. Yeah. We got to have you back on, man. Yeah. I really enjoyed having you on. I've gotten um I've gotten way too many great compliments uh, through this through this awful time. And I know that it's heartfelt coming from you guys, and I do appreciate it because you know that I feel the same way back. Like I said, I mean, I remember looking in the window at Rascals and seeing Richie up on stage up there, and <laughs> and, and just going, God, you know, if I could get there, if I could just get there, even, you know, it's like I didn't think about trying. I didn't want to be dice. I just wanted let me get from this side of the door to that side of the door. You got to hear me sing Dio. I want you to hear me sing Dio one day. I can do Dio, dude. We got wow. yeah, to have you back on because I have videos of us on the Monsters of Rock cruise on my uh, hard drive. I have to, uh, we'll have to air those as well. And we can the get other... Richie to do some Dio. <laughs> I'm in for sure, yeah. And I, I want to say this. I want to, you know, say, because we all knew him well, but, you know, uh, rest in peace, Vic Henley. Yeah. Um, One of the best. That's a great we, guy. We, we devoted the whole show to him the day after he died. Okay. So we love, we love that. that guy. We love that that was the, right, he was one of our first guests on the podcast. So that was the other huge compliment that I got over the last couple of months before this whole coronavirus thing is um, his ex-wife is married to my buddy Lou. They came down to Uncle Vinny's to see me, um, I guess, back in December, I think in December. And, um, you know, it was just it was one of those nights there where it, it just went down hard mm -hmm. uh, great um and afterwards she was like oh my god i didn't know what to expect but vic was right you're a funny guy and i went what she goes yeah you know remember i told you i used to be married to vic henley and i go he said i was funny yeah that's I, the like, biggest that compliment you can get yeah that was like alice cooper remembering my name like yeah i know yeah yeah. I was blown away that he said that I was a funny guy. So, um, man, Vic I didn't give compliments out often. So he means them when he says them. And he's one of my favorite of all time. So God bless him. Cool. Well, guys, that's drinks, jokes, and storytelling. Last call. Thanks for listening to drinks, jokes, and storytelling.